If you are looking to elevate your leadership and drive your nonprofit forward, I invite you to subscribe to the Successful Nonprofits newsletter. Every week, I curate exclusive shareworthy content that sparks inspiration, innovation, and conversation. From the latest trends to timeless advice, the weekly email newsletter is your all-access pass to a treasure trove of resources. But receiving the newsletter is not just about staying informed. It's also about getting our best content first. Subscribers get first access to our newest downloadable templates designed to propel your leadership and amplify your impact. And that's not all, my friend. We are constantly working on new ways to support you and your mission. So as a subscriber, you'll get updates on our latest projects, opportunities to participate in surveys, and a say in the topics that we tackle next. You will essentially get me as a consultant, coach, and confidant in your inbox, ready to help you navigate the challenges of nonprofit leadership. So if you're an executive director, board chair, or a nonprofit leader who believes in making a difference, join me as a newsletter subscriber. Visit SuccessfulNonprofits.com forward slash newsletter to sign up today. And now, friend, let me take you to the episode you've downloaded. Welcome to the Successful Nonprofits Podcast. I'm your host, Dolph Goldenberg, and my friends... This episode today is a special treat for me because my colleague, Lexi Linger, is going to be joining us, and we are going to be talking about making unlimited PTO work for you and your organization, and we're going to be doing it from a first-person account because over the last 13 months, we're recording this in February of 2023, so over the last 13 months, we have been experimenting with unlimited PTO here at Successful Nonprofits. Now, before we jump right in, I do feel the need to introduce Lexi. And the reason is because I know I mentioned Lexi on the podcast, but if you've not worked with us, you've not probably met her and you do not know what an amazing person she is. So I'm going to start by just sharing with you that the best day of my professional life was the day that Lexi agreed to come work at successful nonprofits and to work with me. She is a consummate professional. Her emotional intelligence is off the chart. And I have to share with you, I have never met someone who manages up better than Lexi. Honestly, like it's just off the chain incredible. And so at this point, Lexi and I, we partner on strategic planning and board development projects. And when I say we partner, I mean, a lot of these projects would not be able to happen without Lexi because we've expanded the number of clients we serve at any given point in time because Lexi is able to really work well with clients as well. And in addition to that, she makes producing the podcast, our webinars, and our social media look easy. And as someone who has also produced that myself, I can tell you, my friends, that is not easy. A little bit about her education. She has an undergraduate degree in philosophy and a graduate degree in human rights. And a little bit about her personally. She lives in the same metro area I do. So she lives in Atlanta with her husband, two children, and two cats. Hey, Lexi, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Dolph. You know, I know, I think you and I have recorded a couple episodes before this point. I'm just so excited to have you back on the podcast so that we can talk about our kind of one-year experiment with doing unlimited PTO. And 
Before we get there, we should probably talk about what unlimited PTO is. Lexi, can you can you take that one? Sure. So maybe I'll start by saying what we used to have was, as most organizations do, we earned a certain amount of time, or I think the way we started it, we started the year with a set amount of time, you know, X number of weeks, and that's what we have to take off. And the way we used to do it was that was for sick leave or for vacation. And real quick, I, I think it was like, what, four weeks or something like that? It was something like that. And we did prorate it for part-time as well. But it was something like that. So unlimited is what it sounds like. There is no maximum time off you can take. You can freely take off time for being sick, for family or friends being sick, for vacation, or just because you need a day off. Uh, my math teacher always called them mental health days. So if you just need a mental health day, you can take the day off and you're not taking up that time. You just, you have as much as you need. And you know, I, I always remember when I first heard about unlimited PTO, I was doing an interim executive director engagement. And the board chair, just in a conversation one day, shared with me that she worked at a tech company that offered unlimited PTO. And she kind of shared the benefits and the disadvantages. And I remember thinking, that sounds really unique. I don't know that I like the common disadvantages of unlimited PTO, which, you know, is that some people never take their time off because they don't know how much they're quote unquote supposed to take or allowed to take. But I also remember thinking, yeah, that might work at a big tech company with a thousand employees. How would that work at a small organization? And, you know, Lexi, I think you may remember I, I was reading a book while I was on a plane. I was waiting for it to take off. And as it's taking off, I get to this point where suddenly unlimited PTO, everything just kind of clicked. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe, maybe we could actually make this reality. And then I know in, in our next weekly meeting, I was like, Lexi, I'm having these weird thoughts about unlimited PTO. Yeah, you were. I was really excited to hear it, though. <laughs> I think when you first brought it up, I was a little surprised because it did seem, you know, in a small business where really it does take the two of us every day to keep things running like that. That sounded a little intimidating. But what got me excited was thinking about it as a parent. And I think, and Dolph, you can confirm this, one of the reasons that it it seemed like a good idea for us at least was because I would sit on my time off and I sat on a lot of time off because I have two young children. And so I was always really worried, well, what am I going to do if they get sick or I get sick? And then really once someone gets sick, we're probably out for a week or two anyway. So I need to save that time. So I wasn't using it for vacation and for those mental health days and really checking out the way that we value here at successful nonprofits. And so I was like, oh my gosh, well, if I have unlimited time, I can actually plan a vacation or two this year. I have it if I need it for a mental health day and I have it if I need it when we get sick. So I actually can really actually use the PTO in the way that it's meant to be used for the first time. And, you know, one of the things I did not fully realize is that Families with young children have, and you recently told me the statistic, have a virus in their home, like what is it, 57% of the time or something like that? Yes, I can't remember the actual statistic, but it's something like 52 to 56% of the year, there's an active virus in your household. If you have two children, it goes up as you have more children. And it's also worse when you have a child under five, which I currently do. So yeah, you need a lot of sick time. Yeah. And, you know, and it's interesting because like I, I know, you know, from my perspective at the time, we're childless. We still don't have a child who lives with us. But, you know, at least as of this recording, we still do not have a child who lives with us. But um, 
But, you know, at the time we were childless and, you know, so I did not really need a lot of sick leave. And for the most part, you know, four to five weeks of vacation kind of, you know, was enough for me and I felt pretty good about it. But I know one of the things that excited me about the possibility was I really want successful nonprofits to be such a great employer that you never leave. And so the fact that you are excited about it also made me really excited. Well, you're doing a really good job at that. <laughs> that that's kind. That is genuinely kind of you to say. But I'm serious. I, I actually remember thinking, you know, there's not that many employers in this space that are going to give someone unlimited time off. That are like, hey, you or your family member sick, you take the time you need. Oh, and you have a vacation plan the next week. You take your vacation. You do what you need to do to be the person you're supposed to be. So I do know, though. Then, then we we actually had to create a policy, and and I think. If I recall correctly, I kind of turned to you and I was like, Lexi, I, I know you're going to feel like this policy impacts you more than I will because, you know, while the policy will apply to me, I also own successful nonprofits and so it doesn't feel the same way. Would you like to write the policy? And, and thank goodness you stepped up and you wrote a great policy. Thank you. It's the first time I ever wrote a time off policy. Can you talk about your process in writing it? Sure. So I really, it was quite simple. I started with the policy that we already had. There's actually a lot of language that's still the same. And then I just did a lot of Googling of other people's policies and read what I liked, what I didn't like, and kind of threw it all into one document and slowly started cleaning it up. And the thing with that is that as I was going through reading other people's policies, I would I would hit a phrase that they'd have or some some piece of their policy and be like, whoa, I'm not sure this is right for us. Or that would spawn other questions. And then you and I would have conversations about it. So I, I think we talked a lot as I was drafting it to figure out what was right for us and to sort through what we might see in the future as well as other staff members possibly come in and to make sure that that policy covered what we needed now, but also covered what we might need in the future. And part of what I really loved about the policy you wrote is while we are a for-profit company, we structurally look like a lot of small nonprofits. So, you know, there's you and I, we're both W-2 employees, and we got a handful of contractors that help out with other stuff as we need it. So we look a lot like small nonprofits. And I remember you and I even, even then had this conversation that, you know, if we could do it, most one to five person nonprofits could probably do it too. So let's run this as an experiment and see how it works. So can you share, and by the way, now I know our listeners, their ears just perked up, especially our friends who are at the, the smaller nonprofits that only have one to five employees. And so I know the ears have perked up and like, well, what, what's in this policy? Since, you're, since you wrote it, I feel like I'd be stealing your thunder if I talked about what was actually in it. Sure. So- Fortunately, ahead of time, I thought about some of the highlights of our policy, and I, I have six really to share. So one of the things that I actually really like about it is that we defined a day off. And so that is no work is done, including checking email or voicemail, unless there's a genuine, infrequent, and non-recurring emergency. And so, you know, again, going back to we really value somebody having that opportunity to, to properly check out properly take time to themselves, whether that's for vacation and you need to reset or you need to focus on yourself or a family member while they're injured or ill, you know, that really hits home on that point. Like you are doing nothing for successful nonprofits on this day off or it does not count. That was one piece that I think is really important that we've included. And real quick, if I can jump in, 
part of what I love is that's also really reflected in our out-of-office messages now. So like our out-of-office messages don't say, oh, if it's an emergency, you could text me or you could call me. Like it's it's reflected. And, you know, if you've not seen our, our blog post on out-of-office messages, we pride ourselves on unique, creative out-of-office messages. And so we're going to link to that in the show notes. But I will just say that we see that in those messages. Mm-hmm. So going back to your question about what else is in the policy... There's a couple other things that probably aren't very surprising and probably were lifted from our original policy and a lot of folks would recognize them. Um, But even though it's unlimited, you still have to get approval in advance. We also noted in there that even though it's an unlimited time off policy, that doesn't mean that your time off will necessarily get approved. And so I think a good example is right now we are trying to figure out our summer vacation plans and travel plans especially with your sabbatical. I think I can share that now because I think you've already announced it on the podcast. There's not just, I don't have this just assumption that the whole summer is a free for all and I can take off whatever you and I are working through together on both of our plans for the summer, our expectations, what we need, what our clients need, what the business is going to need to continue running. So there's not just a, yep, you have unlimited time, go for it. You still need to get approval. You still need to make sure that Also, this is in there that you meet all of your work goals. Everything still needs to be done. Before we jump into the work goal piece, Lexi, are you okay if I share like what both of our summer plans are? Like, so this is part of what I love about our unlimited policy. We're working on figuring out how Lexi and her family can go to Europe for three weeks and me, Dolph, can also take a sabbatical that honestly, it's been eight years and, it, and it's time for me to take some time off. And how we can fit both of those in the summer without having our clients feel like we've abandoned them. And part of what I love about this policy is, is we're both committed to figuring out how that works. And, and there's a path forward. And, you know, and that's to me the exciting thing about this is it's not an either or. It's not, oh, Lexi and her family can go to Europe for three weeks or I can take a sabbatical. The two are not mutually exclusive. Maybe they can't overlap by more than a week, but we could figure it out. But it all goes back to vacations, at least, planning and having that open communication with each other. Certainly, I suppose I should note that doesn't apply for illnesses, but I think it's in there that you do notify, like send an email or call or text if you're ill, especially if it's going to be a couple days. I mean, that's pretty boilerplate in most time off policies too. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. One of the things that I actually really love about our time off policy is that we have a requirement of how many days you have to take off in order to be bonus eligible. And so we have, actually, let me stop there. Can I share that bonus part? If you're comfortable with it, I am. Are you? Okay. Yeah, I'm Um, sure. It's just not very nonprofit-y, so I thought I'd stop and ask. Really? You don't think so? I don't, I never got a bonus as a nonprofit employee. Yeah, I was a pretty bad employer too when I, when I was, um, You know, so admittedly, Lexi, I remember um, once upon a time I worked at an organization and the executive director, and it was about a a $3 million organization. I was the development director. And the executive director would buy McDonald's coupons. You can get them like $10 denominations. And the day before we left for the winter break, because we took the week off between Christmas and New Year, she would give every employee like a $10 or $15 book of McDonald bucks. And I just remember feeling like that was, I'd almost rather get nothing. But having said that, I will also say 
when I was an executive director, I certainly did not provide the most generous bonuses. I mean, I, you know, I remember like going to the board and, you know, I'd ask the board to donate and I'd help raise some money. And, you know, if we could do, you know, a couple hundred bucks, okay, you know, we felt like that, that was a good holiday bonus. And so um, I also need to be clear that certainly my, my thoughts on this have, have changed over time and have evolved, but I also know the pressures of being a nonprofit executive director where you're like, I wish I could do more. Well, I had never experienced getting a bonus before. So that was a wonderful treat my first year. And it's still one of my favorite conversations we have every year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and I will share with you, like, and it's one of my favorite too. And I do know the first year, like, you know, I I don't think I'd mentioned, oh yeah, we're going to talk about your holiday bonus in this meeting. And and I do remember it felt like something really special from my perspective too. I was like, wow, yeah, you know, this, this was meaningful for Lexi. Mm-hmm. Every year. It's been very meaningful. But now we have a sword over our bonus, right? If we don't take at least a certain number of weeks every year, you don't get a bonus. And if I don't take those number of weeks, I don't get a bonus. Yep. And I, I don't know if I've mentioned it yet because we got sidetracked, but three weeks. So we have to take off three weeks or you don't get your bonus at the end of the year. And that can be for vacation or it can be for sick leave or whatever, but you have to take that time off. And that came from one of the concerns we had as we were doing research and drafting this, that we wouldn't use the time. If there was just an unlimited amount, we still wouldn't actually take the time off, whether it was just something that we kind of let slip or maybe there being that discomfort of, oh, but I'm not really sure if it's okay for me to use this time or not. And how much time off is asking for too much and just how to find that balance. So we agreed on it. Three weeks. Yeah. And what I love is it sets a floor. Like, you know, if you're not taking at least three weeks in addition to holidays, because, you know, like we've got, I think, seven holidays on our calendar and then we're also closed between Christmas and New Year. So really, if you're not taking a minimum of five weeks and two days off every year when you include holidays in that week or closed. Then, then you're not taking enough time off. Like, and and that applies to me too. So I'm not just personalizing that to you, Lexi. But, but I, I really strongly feel that way too. It's like if we're not doing it, we're not taking care of ourselves. Yeah. And again, I, I think that's really nice. Going back to the whole parenting thing, I'm like, oh well, if I know I'm going to have, I need to use three weeks. I'll plan my one week vacation here and my other week vacation there, and I've got the rest of it to use for whatever I need it for, last minute vacations or feeling sick or whatever. Um, Plus also knowing on the holiday note, like knowing that I have that time off is really valuable. I really like that. And one of the things on, on the note of holidays, we debated whether to increase the number of weeks that was the floor for how many weeks we needed to take off and stop having specific office holidays or to keep it at the three and continue holidays, which is ultimately what we chose. And I do have to say, I really like the decision we've made because there's definitely a different level of relaxation that happens when I know the office is closed and nobody's doing anything. And so I'm not falling behind or missing something. I think having that time, especially over the holidays, is really valuable to have in addition to the sick and vacation time. And I'll say, I think we're seeing more and more of that. I mean, both among nonprofits, some of whom have been our clients, as as well as some of like the for-profit guests we've had here on the podcast, where we'll reach out and we'll get an email and it might be the middle of August and it will say, oh, we're closed for the next two weeks from, you know, August, whatever, 16th until, you know, the Tuesday after Labor Day. No one's going to respond to your email. 
we'll talk to you later. And I think that's part of what inspired that. We're like, yeah, you know, it's okay for us just to say we're closed for a week. And, you know, there's not going to be a lot of emails from me or a lot of emails from you to me when we return. Yeah. And I think a lot of folks are gone anyway over the holidays. It's you kind of just sit around twiddling your thumbs a lot. So just it's an easy time to close. But what you were saying about clients who've done it in the middle of August, I've seen somebody take off March, you know, a week in March or April. I think that's also really powerful because they that is a focus on taking care of staff and making sure that everybody has that time and space to completely reset for no other reason than that's what staff need. Yeah. And, you know, maybe in 2024, that will be our grand experiment. We'll, we'll say, hey, what if we just closed for a week each quarter? <laughs> you know, there was a part of me that was like, maybe we should just try that this summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, we just can't close the whole summer. That's the problem. But we might be able to close for one week. Yeah, that's a good point. We probably can close for one week. So I also know that you and I talked about what happens if we bring another person on. And so you, you wrote something into the policy around that as well. Yep. There were a number of things that we we were concerned about. So one of the big ones was um, you and I already have a strong relationship. We know how the other works. We trust each other. What happens when we bring on somebody and I'm just like, hey, you get unlimited time off. And they're like, great. And I'm checking out now for the next two weeks. And so that that is where a lot of that boilerplate language comes back into play, like making sure that you're getting approval, um, making sure you're still accomplishing your work goals. The other thing that we decided was to not offer this or any time off for the first six months of somebody's employment with us to make sure that we're also building that relationship and building that trust. And there's also, you know, a note in there that the unlimited PTO can be revoked at any time. So if uh, if they're not completing tasks, if we feel they're taking advantage of it, and if anybody is taking advantage of it, using it inappropriately to the point where our clients and other staff are suffering because, right, when someone takes off, somebody else has to pick up the slack. And we don't want that to become a burden on anyone either. That kind of defeats the purpose of the whole thing. So it can be revoked if something like that's happening as well. And one of the things that I really value about you, Lexi, is you're a truth teller, including a truth teller with me. I feel confident that if I was abusing it, you would come to me. And there are times I even joke and I'm like, yeah, I, I kind of report to you too, Lexi, where you kind of like, off, you're abusing this. And and you actually, you had to do that with me last year around email. I, I was starting to get overwhelmed with with too many projects. And and you're like, Dolph, you know, you're not, you're not being as responsive to emails, really, we all need you to be. And so, you know, you need to figure out how you're going to manage that. That's not my job to tell you that, but you need to figure it out. That's one of the things I really like is that we, you and I have mutual accountability with each other. So I feel confident that if I was taking advantage of it, you'd, you'd come and you'd be like, Dolph, we have a problem. Yes, I would. Very diplomatically, of course. <laughs> well, they get, yeah. And that's just because you have such high emotional intelligence. It's one of the ways I learn from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, on, on the note of, of being open and honest about these things, um, we did have a situation come up last year with me where we had to sit down and talk about it. And I kind of also think of that as our early stress test. And it was such a healthy thing, but we did have a stress test. Sorry for interrupting. No, it's fine. And like you said, it's early. It happened not long after we started this. So I think the situation was that I had a planned vacation for about a week and a half. And so my family and I were out of town. We came back and I got so sick. I got the sickest I've ever been. And I could not 
even write an email. Um, my and it wasn't physical; it was br- it was brain fog, which I didn't realize could happen with any illness because I'd only ever heard it talked about with COVID. I was totally non-functional. And actually, now that I mentioned that, I think my kids had a GI bug before we left for vacation. Mm-hmm. So I missed some work before dealing with that literal mess. And so really, it was almost a month where I was not working at all. And when I was working, I wasn't doing a great job because I wasn't super focused. I was you know, focusing on, on the chaos that was happening in my house. Yeah, I'll always remember... During that period when you were having that brain fog, you needed to send something to me to do. And literally the email was not a long email, but the email sent you was like, Dolph, I've been trying to write this email for an hour and I'm having brain fog. I can't finish this email. I remember that and I remember thinking, oh, oh, wow. I actually had, I think my husband finally came and wrote it for me because <laughs> I, re- I had to respond to a, an email that had come to me and I couldn't understand it. And I read it over and over and over again. And I finally had to go get him to come read it and interpret it to me and then respond. Because I just, yeah, I could not do it. Yeah. It was actually scary. I've never had that experience before. It, literally, that would terrify me. Other than that experience itself being scary, the whole month was a nightmare. And as you said, was a stress test. And I, I think for me, one of the things, well, and you as, as well, one of the things we really learned from that is to, especially with client work, get ahead. So making sure that we were working a few weeks in advance on all of our data crunching and creating documents that need to be created and and all that. Before we talk about what we did to kind of make sure that doesn't happen again, this would be a good place for us to also talk about the fact that when we launched this policy, you know, we said, okay, we're going to do this as a trial. And you and I kind of walk through what's going to happen if a perfect storm occurs. Is it okay for one of us to come to the other person and go, oh my gosh, we need to figure this out. And I will say, this is one of the ways, I know on this podcast, I often talk about areas that I have grown. This is one of the ways that I've really grown because, you know, I've been an executive director now for about 20 years, either as a permanent or an interim. It's, I've got about 20 years of executive director experience. And early executive director Dolph would have like been, this is not working. Cancel the trial. This is horrible. We can't do it. I thought we could and we can't do it. This is over. We're done. And, you know, with 20 years of however you want to look at it, seasoning, the world beating me, whatever, I was able to be, you know, frankly, more self-reflective about it and say, okay, you know, I'm, I'm committed to this working. And, and I think that's kind of how I approached it with you. I think I was like, you know, Alexia, I, and this was after you got, you know, after you were better and you were back. And, you know, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm really committed to, to unlimited PTO time working. I want it to work for you and I want it to work for me, but we're going to have to figure out what we're going to do so that this perfect storm does not happen next time. And so can we talk about that and figure that out? And then it's all going to be okay. And so can you talk about kind of how we decided to deal with this so it never happens again? I don't really entirely remember that conversation. I mean, I remember you coming and sharing that with me. And I can say, you know, my one of my initial fears was like, oh, no. I like this unlimited PTO. It makes me feel relaxed and and like I actually get to take vacation because I think that was my first real vacation I had taken. I did, I often did not sit or because I was sitting on time, I really didn't take a proper vacation. And so there was that moment of like, oh my gosh, yes, we have to figure this out because we can't let this go away. And going back to what I was saying a moment ago, like for me at least, my big takeaway really was, yes, we have to be out in front 
at all times of our work, you know, procrastination is <laughs> does not work if you're going to let people take a lot of time off. Um, and really is probably a best practice anyway, especially if you're talking about vacations, because that vacation happened in the middle of all of that mess. Yeah. I, I think what we talked about and finally agreed to was that on our client work, we would always be a month in advance. And so, for example, when we do strategic planning, we typically have two meetings a month. And what that means is we need to have our slide decks done because if I do them, you review them. If you put together the slide deck, I review it. So it's like we need to have our slide decks done and ready for review one month in advance. Um, and But that also really impacted then how we were going to work with clients because now instead of saying to a client at the beginning of a project, oh, whenever you can get us this, that's great. You know, we, we now say, okay, here's all the information we need up front and we can't start the project until you, until you get us that information. Maybe that means we don't start it for an extra week or two, but it allows us to get everything prepped and get everything ready to go. And and I actually think that for us, that has been so critically important and successful because we've had many stress tests as well, where, where either I've had emergencies or you've had emergencies and we've had to kind of drop off the map for a couple of weeks. But yet our, our client work, honestly, is has continued and progressed more smoothly than it ever has at any point, even though we have unlimited time off. Yep. I do agree with that. So, Lexi, this is a great place for us to pivot. Um, and really, you know, each of us talk about how this unlimited PTO has worked for each of us. How, how has it been for you? I don't think at this point in our conversation, it would surprise anyone for me to say it's been phenomenal. Um, again, like truly first time taking proper vacations. I feel like I can be there for my family, um, especially my kids. You know, I have not missed a single um, activity at their schools, no matter you know how big or how small those activities are. And I don't feel nervous about not having that sick time. And I, I didn't realize that that was something that I literally could feel on my shoulders, like, you know, worrying, oh, I'm using this day for fun, but what if I need it in two weeks for an illness or an injury? Um, and so having that stress off my shoulders even has made a really big difference for me. Well, first, let me just say, Lexi, that's awesome. I'm genuinely glad you've had that experience for a lot of reasons. A, you deserve it. All human beings get to be, should deserve to be able to take time off where they're not stressed out over something. But also, again, you know, it makes me hopeful that successful nonprofits is your last job. So, so that, you that's know, my the, plan, Dolph. <laughs> that's mine too. So please don't go anywhere. But, um, I know Lexi and I are laughing about it, but, you know, this is a time where, Every nonprofit and every employer is like, oh my gosh, how do we retain talent? And really how we retain talent is we be an employer that no one wants to leave. Knowing that it is so good for you has been really good for me. For me, though, it's been mixed. And the reason is part of part of what I do through our consulting practice are interim executive director engagements. And the deal when you're an interim is you're always either starting a job as an executive director, or you're winding down a job as an executive director. Because most interims, you know, will last between like 11 and 14 months. And so you're always either in the first six months or the last six months. And it's hard to take time off in your first six months on a job. And it's also hard when you're planning a transition to take time off. We had a couple trips planned that helped me meet my minimum three weeks. Like, for example, our trip to Kilimanjaro, which I think was about three weeks long. As I think I've mentioned, on Kilimanjaro, there is no cell phone service, so it's easy to say I'm going to be completely disconnected. As I think about it, though, 
from a permanent executive director's perspective, because I've also been a permanent executive director, if you're not in your first six months, again, keep in mind that our policy says you can't take unlimited time off in your first six months. It's case by case. If you have a vacation plan, we can talk about it. If you're in your first six months, whether you're the executive director, the development director, or a case manager, you probably can't benefit from unlimited PTO. And if you're winding down, you know, after you know you're leaving and you're preparing to bring someone else in, it's really hard to then take unlimited PTO. So I've probably not taken as much time as I would like. But I will say, as my current interim is starting to wind down, and because I'm taking a sabbatical, I've, I've turned down a couple of interim opportunities, I am really looking forward for the rest of the year to be able to go, oh, it's a beautiful day. I have no client meetings. I'm caught up on my work. I think I'm going to go to the Beltline and go for a nice walk. Or I think I'm just going to have a lovely day hiking at this state park. And I am really looking, I mean, you can see I'm smiling from ear to ear. I am so looking forward to being able to do that. But I will say, again, overall, it's worked really well. Just the circumstances of being an interim have not allowed me to take full advantage of it. I'm looking forward to you being able to do that too, Dolph. You, you and me both. So, um, Lexi, this is probably the point we should take a walk over to the off-the-map question. And, you know, I'm treating you like any other guest, so I'm going to give you the off-the-map question. And I actually have two for you. My first question, I know, and I know this because I know you and you and I, but in each of our weekly check-ins, we talk about just what's going on and what we've done, et cetera. So I know that you've developed genuine relationships with a lot of our clients um, in ways that you're developing those relationships outside of work that really go beyond just, okay, we're consultants, we're here to help. Can you share a little bit of some of the things you've done with some of our clients? Sure. So um, certainly this is easier for our Atlanta-based clients or close to Atlanta-based clients. We try to attend events. So there's fundraisers, like annual galas coming up. We, we like to go to those. Uh, of course. And I, we have a couple coming up. I'm really excited about them. But also if I know that someone's having an event. So for example, we went to a Lunar New Year festival this past weekend that was hosted by a client. Well, I should say they themselves didn't host host at their park. So that was at the park and there were multiple organizations involved in putting it together. And um, so I, I don't want to say they have all the credit. I know that was the work of many, many organizations. But it was really fun to be there and see other people enjoying the space for reasons other than, you know, a board retreat. It's no secret at this point that one of our cats came from the Humane Society of Northeast Georgia. I made it through our entire strategic planning process and multiple visits without bringing home any animals. And they invited me to bring my kids out for a volunteer day. And we read to cats. And I will say we were been talking about getting another cat anyway, but I totally fell for a cat. And so we brought her <laughs> with us and now we'll be forever connected through her. And I also just have to say, it's really, really hard to take a child, especially a child that's the age of your children, to take a child to a humane society, see all these adorable little kittens and not come home with one. Yeah. I have to admit, Dolph, that was more on me than the kids. Like they were just, <laughs> they were into every cat. But I called my husband at one point, which is like, if we are serious about another animal, I have found the right one for us today. <laughs> and fortunately, she, um, she was available to bring home. And so we did. 
But, you know, on that note, one of the things I'm hoping to do as well as uh, some more volunteering. So we have a couple other organizations that have volunteer opportunities I'm hoping to hop in on. Because it's also nice to engage in the actual work. Um, you know, a lot of times our conversations are so high level. I really like to be able to get engaged and get to meet some of the people we're talking about and talking with on that different level too. I agree. And I know in the last year, like I did, I did a 5k of, for one of our clients and it was actually a local one and in a park about 15 miles from where we live. And it was such a fun 5k. It really was, but, but probably for me, the most impactful way I've, I've engaged with a client at this point, my husband and I are in the process of becoming foster parents. There was the possibility of one particular foster child who might come and live with us. And I realized that we were going to need some support. And one of our former clients, this, this is the work they do. And so, of course, I mean, I reached out and I was like, okay, I need to know about what support groups you offer because we are going to need some support groups for this kid. Um, and, and I do remember thinking, wow, you know, this is a way where like what we do for a living, you know, not just makes the world a better place, but makes our own lives better. Mm-hmm. We were actually talking about this a little bit before we even started recording, but, um, you know, that's something I tell my kids. Like I'm going to to work because I'm going to go help people and I'm going to make the world a better place, not just for other people, but for you. And on the note of of kids interacting, you know, some of our clients offer summer camps. So my son did one last summer um, and he wants to do someone else's, but I told him he has to wait another year till his sister can go too. So we can engage in those ways also. Yeah, there's all kinds of ways to to get to know everyone we're working with in other ways other than, you know, over Zoom. Yeah, absolutely. So- I also have a second off the map question for you, and I know this is this is a little bit of a longer episode, but um, I know you're working on a special project, and I would love for you to share with our friends who are listening what your special project is. I am. So it's in the pretty early phases still, but I'm working on starting a second successful nonprofits podcast with a parenting twist. Obviously, I'm a parent that comes up, I think, every time we've been on the podcast, it's come up. But also when we're talking with clients, when we're talking with peers, when we're talking with even other uh, podcast guests, you know, parenting is a struggle. And and that that need for, for some, it's advice. For some, it's just knowing they're not alone. But what, you know, for whatever reason that you're coming to a community, you know, the need for that community um, it, it's very real. And so figuring out how to bring that piece of the puzzle to our network and our community is all seems to be coming together in, in this new podcast. Lexi, I know that I'm going to be a regular listener of your podcast as we prepare to welcome a child into our home because I do have a strong feeling that everything I thought I knew about successful nonprofit parenting, I probably don't know. <laughs> I think all parents feel that way. Um, yeah. And one day you'll have to come on the podcast, Dolph. Yeah. Maybe after we've been a parent for about a year or so. I, I I need a little bit of time under my belt before I'm ready to be like, oh, here's what we did. And I'll probably even then tell you all the ways that we messed up. Well, again, I think that's the way it works for most of us. So that works for me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Lexi, I am so glad that you joined us on the podcast and really kind of helped us walk through this unlimited PTO test. And I, I think I think from our perspective, the verdict is yes. 
And I also think from our perspective is, you know, this is workable at the vast majority of nonprofits. Even if you're at a small one, two, three, four person operation, this is workable as long as as long as you create the right policy and you also think through what you're going to do when that perfect storm happens. You know, going back to as you're creating it, having that trust and really open communication and knowing that there's going to be bumps and we're going to have to figure out how to overcome them and try to prevent them, as you've said. Yeah. yeah. And and Lexi, maybe one of the things we could offer for our listeners, we should actually post our unlimited PTO policy Definitely. on our website. Yeah. So we'll get that posted on the website in the show notes. Um, and Lexi, well, why don't we also post SuccessfulNonprofits.com? Because if you want to know more and you want to know how to reach out to Lexi or me, that's SuccessfulNonprofits.com, as well as our LinkedIn pages. Yeah. Thanks, Dolph. Awesome. Lexi, thank you. And Friends, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Successful Nonprofits Podcast. You know, I always ask that if you've liked this episode, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming app you use and tell a friend or a colleague about it. It is so important. It helps us grow our community at Successful Nonprofits. And that, my friends, is our episode for the week. I hope that you have gained some insight to help your nonprofit thrive.